After the resignation of Kitchener Centre MPP Laura May Lindo last July, a by-election has now been called to fill the vacancy. With a record-breaking 18 candidates signed up to be on the ballot, I invited the candidates representing the four political parties in Ontario that won at least one seat in the general election last year. They are Debbie Chapman of the Ontario NDP, Ashlyn Clancy of the Ontario Green Party, Rob Elliott of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario, and Kelly Stice of the Ontario Liberal Party. Rob Elliott did not respond to a request for interview, and Debbie Chapman indicated interest in participating, however we were not able to find a time to chat. First of all, let's hear from Ontario Liberal Party candidate Kelly Stice. Here's our conversation now. And Kelly Stice joins me now. Kelly, thanks so much for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me, and it's a pleasure to be here. So first of all, um, do you want to just take two minutes to introduce yourself really quick to people that might not know who you are? For sure. So I'm Kelly Stice. I am your Ontario Liberal candidate in this upcoming by-election in Kitchener Centre. And I am pleased to uh, stand before you. I have worked for the city of Kitchener for over 21 years. Uh, so as a civil servant, I bring a lot of municipal government experience. Awesome. All right. So uh, you ran in 2022, which was last year, which was during kind of the general election. And you're running again now. Um, as far as I know, you're the only repeat um, candidate for the major parties. Why did you decide to to run again? So and that's a fantastic question, because I had thought of that afterwards. It's like, okay, where do I want to be? And I met with some people who I respect as advisors. And uh, they said, Kelly, you need to figure out what, what do you want to do? And, and so I believe in the value of the Liberal Party the, uh, in our democracy. And we, I only recently became a, a Liberal member. So I was politically homeless for, for a long, long time. But I really appreciated the values um, and the approaches to governing that the Liberal Party has. And so I thought, you know what? I'm not ready to abandon them. I, I see a real seriousness um, in the party to build it back. And, um, and so I wanted to stick with it. And I'm so glad I did because in this by-election, my entire team and more has come with me. Um, so it's almost like we're just picking up where we left off about a year ago. And um, one thing that's different about the Liberal Party from a year ago is that you actually don't have like a permanent leader right now. You're in the middle of a leadership campaign, which um, I'm pretty sure ends in a couple of weeks, actually. Um, what are some of the differences in running a campaign with a party leader and without like a permanent party leader? Or are there any? Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of uh, uh, differences. Um, so our by-election is November 30th. The uh, voting for the new leader for the Liberal Party is November 25th and 26th, and we will declare our new leader December 2nd. I think there's no coincidence that Doug Ford put that timing in place because we make him nervous. Uh, the Ontario Liberals uh, make him nervous, and uh, that, you know, what I'm... I, I think that that's a good thing because we need to hold people to account. The difference with having a leader and without is 
the leader really brings the platform and sets the direction. And we've had a fabulous interim leader in John Fraser, who has worked to, to really try and continue the momentum moving forward in a way that's respectful for liberal values. So we've had Dr. Adil Shamji, uh, you know, champion patients, not profits. We have our members presenting and um, you know, participating in committee and, and doing some really, really great work. But I think what, what does miss is that fulsome platform that a, that a leader brings. And so once we have our leader on December 2nd, I look forward to working with them uh, to, to create the platform that will take us into the 2026 election. What are some of the key priorities this time around for the Ontario Liberal Party? Uh, so our, our priorities are really about protecting um, public health care that um, we really need to make sure that privatization is not the way that we are leading, that we are protecting our public health care system. And that means valuing our doctors and nurses. That means valuing our other health care providers. It means looking at long-term care as a public entity and not a profit. We should not be profiting off the backs of our older adults who, who need the care and support as they age. And, um, and so that's one of the things that, that is a priority for us. Um, also, you know, holding uh, this government to account and, and talking about the green belt and not selling that off. Green belt is something that the Ontario Liberal Party brought in um, because we believe that we needed to protect green spaces um, within our province. And so, um, you know, those are some of the things that, that we're really championing um, and, and, and trying to, to hold on to as, as we see this current government really trying to sell that all away. One of the key priorities that the federal government and the provincial government, too, have been tackling recently and have received a lot of criticism for is the housing file. We have a lot of people that either can't afford the, the home that they want to afford or that are just struggling to find a home in general. What is the Ontario Liberal plan to address the housing shortage? So that's where I, I think, um, you know, we've got some ideas. Have they all been fully for, formulated? No, and I think our leader will help do that. But, you know, for me, when I look and think about homelessness, there's a few things that um, I, I hold really dear. So there, there's people who are homeless who are struggling with mental health and addiction issues. And, and sometimes, you know, people come to the conclusion that those are many people who live in, in the tents. And I believe that we need to invest in a shelter care model that we see being championed by House of Friendship and the working center in our region, which means not just providing people who are struggling with addiction and mental health issues, not just providing them housing, but also providing them with um, kind of additional supports to help them work through kind of some of the everyday struggles. And I see that in the shelter care model where on site they have access to doctors and nurses, where on site they have access to people who will help them uh, build their resume. And that's one portion of people who are homeless. Within that tent network, we have people who are working full time yet can't afford to live in 
an apartment or whatnot and have to live in a tent. And we have students who have come here who can't find an apartment who are living in tents. And we need to be working for, for our students. We need to be working collaboratively with the colleges and universities to say, we want your students to have a really great experience when they come to Waterloo Region, but we need to work together to make sure that there's not a, an additional strain on our system um, so that we can support everybody because we want our colleges and universities to boast about the great uh, uh, people that they're, they're building and, and um, educating and inspiring to be thought leaders. And then I think about people like, you know, my son and daughter who are in their, their mid-20s and looking at the this struggle to, to be able to afford uh, to purchase a home, uh, and, and they have some desires to do that. And so how are we tackling, how are we getting involved? We need to work collaboratively with our municipalities and um, look at building up around our transit hubs. We need to look at how do we, uh, for creative solutions. And I'm not one, you know, I'm as a as the as an MPP, I wouldn't be able to, you know, creatively think of every single solution. My success has always been about collaboration and bringing people to the table, because I think when we're able to do that, we can find some solutions um, out there that maybe we haven't thought of before. Um, I want to bring inspiring and uh, creative minds together to help tackle some of these issues. And I think it's out there. As you might know, uh, my show talks about the issues in Canadian and I guess more specifically Ontarian, Ontario politics and how they affect young Canadians. I'm curious what you think the biggest challenge young people in Kitchener Centre, and young people's a broad term, you can do with that whatever you want. <laughs> um, but the main challenges that young people in Kitchener Centre are facing and how you would address them as their member of provincial parliament. Today, I had a chance to meet with a grade five classroom and talk about politics. And they had questions for me. And then I have high school students who are volunteering with my campaign um, because they need volunteer service hours, but they're also interested in politics. And I have um, some young liberals, so the University of Waterloo uh, has a young liberals club, and they're coming out. And so for me, I answered your question around what do I think uh, young people want? Well, I, I know because I've asked them, uh, I, you know, I internalize their voices and some of the stuff that I hear, and I wrote this down, um, is one of the things they're talking about is tuition. So those, those young liberals um, who are attending University of Waterloo talk about the, the uh, increases in tuition. And when everything is, when they're struggling to afford rent and uh, groceries, and now they're looking at increases to their tuition and where OSAP is, in, is not, um, you know, being as, as uh, available as perhaps it used to, um, that's a struggle. When I'm talking to high school students, I, I don't know that I, I, I think some of the things that they're thinking about is, is a job and, and really, you know, where, where could they be employed? Um, and then the, the grade five students today were actually talking about affordability. And uh, so I was like, wow, grade five, you're thinking about affordability? And I thought, wow, is that, you know, this... Then I sat back and I thought, wow, are grade five students under stress because they see that in their families? And you know what? Grade five students should be going to school 
uh, learning about these things, but maybe not experiencing the depth of stress that they're under right now. And, and so it just motivated me at the end of today to go, okay, I need to continue to work harder for kids and for our future and for, for Ontarians, because um, right now it's really unaffordable. I'm curious if there's an issue um, that you feel isn't getting enough attention in this campaign. What, is there, it, there might not be one, but if, is there an issue that you feel is not getting enough attention in this campaign? I, I think um, there's so much going on. Um, one of the things though that seems to come up um, in, in a kind of an indirect way is some of the struggles with people, landlords and tenants who need to go to the landlord and tenant tribunal to rectify some of the challenges that they're dealing with. Um, there is, I mean, we just heard last week, there was a court case in Toronto uh, where a individual was charged with sexual assault and this, the case was thrown out because um, the, the time expired. And um, we're, we're hearing about this all the time. And, and what the problem is, is this Ford government has not kept up their funding and their support of these tribunals uh, of the court system. And um, things are falling through the cracks. Our most vulnerable people are falling through the cracks. Um, and so I don't know that we're paying enough attention to that. Um, and also talking about how are we going to build our economy? You know, we want people to be able to move here, live here, pay rent, pay for food. But if we don't have a, an economy that provides jobs and industry, um, then I think we're missing part of that cycle of, of living. Um, so those are some of the things that I don't think are getting quite enough attention. So a theme that's come up when I've been interviewing politicians across party lines, too, is that politics is getting really aggressive and overly partisan. I'm curious, first of all, if you would agree with that assessment. I see your head nodding. But um, if you are if you agree with that assessment, if you have anything to add, and what impact do you think that has on young people wanting to get involved in politics? I would, I, and, and so I'm, I'm nodding and agreeing with you because I'm seeing that in this current um, conservative government under Doug Ford, that um, only his ideas are good ideas, that no one else can bring anything to the table, um, that he's throwing out a lot of the uh, gains that the Liberal Party made um, for our province. And, and I don't think anyone is all bad. Um, and I, I think that, you know, there's, we have to find ways to work together. We can't every four years throw out what the previous government did. I think we need to have a really smart analysis of what is working and what is not working. Uh, using data and research to drive our decision making. Um, because if we're always having to change every four years um, direction, that's frustrating. It feels futile. And, and so I can't imagine as a young person looking forward to, you know, maybe getting involved in politics, you know, what's enticing about that? Because there's no longevity to the solutions that you're trying to bring to 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 make life just a little bit better and uh, so that that kind of disappoints me um but my optimism and my approach has always been about collaboration again 
bringing people to the table. Um, I don't profess to have every answer, um, and but it's how do we bring people together um, and using their smart and uh, creative ideas to uh, move us forward. My last question for you, Kelly Stice. Um, it's a little bit of a, a looking forward question. Where do you see Kitchener Center in 15 years and how do we get there? In 15 years, I mean, no doubt we are going to be exploding with more and more people. And we need to have a planned approach that um, has the infrastructure that keeps up with the population growth. And so this means we have to work with our municipalities, our municipal government, because we need to make sure that they can do their job, which is providing for um, kind of the, the day-to-day, the essential services like stormwater and uh, safe water treatment and making sure our streets get plowed and making sure that there's parks and recreation spaces um, that contribute to positively to people's mental health. And, but we also need to be able to work with our federal government to say, okay, how can you help us um, get, get the stuff that we need in our healthcare, in our um, housing infrastructure, that, because that's the, the, the path forward. And um, you know, we really want to make sure that we have a planned and thoughtful approach, and that needs to happen now. Um, we know it's, we're, we know we're going to have a, a population explosion. We can't deny it, so let's plan for it. Let's work collaboratively, and let's support each other in that moving forward. All right, Kelly Stice, thanks so much for taking the time for Political Debrief this evening. Thank you so much. I appreciate being here. Next up, let's hear from Ontario Green Party candidate Ashlyn Clancy. Ashlyn, thanks so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I want to start because some people might not know who you are because you don't you represent a ward in Kitchener, but not everyone that lives in Kitchener Center, if I'm not mistaken. Um, do you want to take a quick second just to introduce yourself? Yeah, no problem. So my name's Ashlyn Clancy. I'm the Green Party candidate in the MPP by-election. So we're a person to represent you in Toronto, uh, the government of Ontario. I am a city councillor for Ward 10, which is King Street to the Expressway in downtown Kitchener. I'm also, uh, I've been a city councillor, or um, sorry, a school social worker. Um, and also I'm a mother. So those are the things I've done in my career. And I've done a lot of climate action as a volunteer. Um, I've volunteered with Mike Morris's campaign. I've been uh, involved in shift action. So uh, they are a divestment charity and citizen climate lobby. So that's kind of and I've been was a board member for a community center for eight years. So you're currently a city councilor. You're part of the new class that came in um, just over a year ago now. And you're mate. You want to make the jump to provincial politics already? What What made you want to do that? What made you want to jump from one level to the next so quickly? Yeah. So it wasn't the plan. This is an unexpected election. So that's number one. And uh, what happened was uh, the day after the municipal elections, Doug Ford's opened up the green belts and had bill 23 along with many bills after it that changed the way we do city business he really i say robbed my toolbox so you know imagine you apply for a job you get the job you're really excited to do what you wanted what you've been called to do what you promised you'd do and then somebody robs your toolbox 
So that's part of my motivation is uh, I've always felt like Doug Ford would cause harm to our planet. He's gone backwards on climate action. He's caused harm to our not-for-profit sector, to our healthcare, um, our healthcare and education. So I've always been trying to work against some of the things that he's been doing. But this was um, this was especially uh, frustrating. What are some of the key priorities for the Ontario Green Party this time around? Yeah, we've been hearing from folks that affordability is really important. Uh, lots of people are. Uh, making the choice between paying their rent or, or buying groceries and or after they pay rent and groceries there's nothing left to have fun or to save up or to go to school or um, so many stressors that are facing people on a fixed income people on ODSP young people who are trying to get a home so we really would like to rebalance the economics of housing and groceries um, you know, tax those big profits, get speculators out of the housing market so that we can make homes for people and that we can make sure that there's no gouging when it comes to our basic needs. You touched on affordability there, and I'm curious to talk about housing more specifically, because I think a lot of people across the income spectrum in Ontario are struggling with the cost of housing. Um, you know, for people that are on lower incomes, it's finding an affordable place for rent. And for people that already own homes and have mortgages, it's that their mortgage has gone up by a significant amount um, year over year. So I'm curious, what are some solutions you think to solve the housing crisis on maybe on both both sides of the housing crisis? Well, and that's what I like about the green policy is we we want to make sure it's just like it's death by a thousand cuts. Um, we need to have many solutions for many different types of uh, incomes and different types of housing groups. So like we're we believe that we need to build more densely and create opportunities to have more units close to where people work and play. So fourplexing across the province and getting rid of barriers to missing middle near transit, which is like uh, three-story buildings, four-story walk-ups. And But we also know that we need to get speculators out of the market. So let's make it easier for people to buy the houses instead of investors. And also we do, we are really pushing for the government to get back into the work of building homes or paying, um, having subsidized co-op, deeply affordable and supportive housing for those low income folks uh, to ensure they have a roof. Uh, and uh, personally, I've been working as a city councillor and action I want to bring forward is rent Renter protection, a lot of people are being kicked out of their homes illegally, and there's been no accountability. So I really hope that we can, I can move forward on rent eviction prevention. I think eviction and rent eviction prevention is preventing homelessness and addictions. Going more broad, maybe, um, what are some of the main issues that the young people in Kitchener Centre are facing right now? And how would you, how would you fight them um, if you were elected? Well, a big, uh, for the last few years, I've worked with young people in schools. I'm a school social worker. So I've been there when a lot of young people have lost hope. They've dropped out of school. They're not attending. They're struggling with their mental health. There's other barriers and stressors they're facing trying to find a job. So I really feel that we need to address young people's well-being and opportunities. So I love to see young people get involved in volunteering, get out and getting going to work. I'd like to see us invest more in mental health supports to get rid of the, I think it's 28,000 young people are on the wait list for counseling. And I also would like to see the tech companies 
stop kind of gouging people's attention. You know, they make so much money by hijacking our attention. And I think that that's wrong. I think that's negatively impacting young people's mental health. Young people aren't getting a good night's sleep and it's affecting their relationships. Um, and so, yeah, I'd like to see how we can work, support young people who are facing mental health challenges. So as the name suggests, the Green Party is known for its environmental policy. Is uh, It's something that is kind of the, when people think of the Green Party, that's what they think of, right? Action on climate. Um, but we have seen that other parties have also taken a significant portion of their ident brand of their party identity has become around the climate. Um, I'm curious what different climate solutions you can offer compared to the Liberals or the NDP to other progressive parties that have um, vowed to fight climate change as well. You know what? We've always been leaders in this area. I have a really personal depth of capacity to understand our finances, you know, it, it, if we do climate action, but we're still our banks and our pension plans are still heavily invested in fossil fuel expansion. So we need to say no to fossil fuel expansion. I would like to see an improvement on our green development standards. So uh, as a city councillor, I lobbied a developer and they had they are building two buildings that are without natural gas. So that's really important. Uh, and we know that we need to be part of the green tech innovation. There's $1.1 trillion in the green tech economy. And Kitchener-Waterloo, uh, you know, Kitchener is known for innovation. We have these schools nearby. We have lots of entrepreneurs. And I think we could be leaders in this if we have the political will. So I'd like to see us grow our ability to manufacture heat pumps and get those into everybody's buildings. Um, they're heating and cooling. It's four times more efficient. Um, we can build our buildings with really strong roofs so that we can put solar panels on top of that. I know local, our local company VCT has been advocating for that. So we'd like to see Definitely an increase in uh, transit connectivity and use investment, uh, investment in green tech economy, and and of course renewables beyond everything else. We know renewables are the most financially responsible way to grow our grid, and uh, we know that they're also better for the planet. Uh, other parties continue to vote against climate action. We saw that this week, the PCs and the NDP voted against climate action. Something that a lot of my guests have brought up on the show and across party lines too, is that the political culture or the political atmosphere is getting really bad. Um, and we're even starting to see that creep into municipal politics as well, where it traditionally hasn't. And I'm, I'm sure you would agree with me on that. Um, <laughs> given this atmosphere of hyper-partisanship and, you know, a seemingly unwillingness to collaborate what would you say to young people that feel discouraged by the the current climate the political climate well i say vote green uh we believe in collaboration we don't whip a vote so you're not kicked out if you disagree we uh other parties will vote against a motion just because it's not theirs um even if they agree you know we saw this with the liberals this week you know so we believe in honesty we believe in cross-party collaboration and we believe that people come before the party so you know i think we're we see that too we want to do politics in a different way and so that's why we have these policies it's part of our values it's part of our our party uh core values is to collaborate 
work together across party lines to get things done and put people first. All right, Ashlyn, my last question for you this afternoon. Where do you see Kitchener Center in 15 years and what's needed today to prepare for that? I think we know that it's growing, right? Uh, we have a, a really quickly growing population, so that will lead to more density. We're already seeing that. Uh, I think that connectivity will come as a result. I think a lot of people don't want cars. They don't want to spend their days stuck on the 401. So I think that's going to ramp up. I think transit is going to be a more viable option going forward. Um, we are diverse. So I'm hopeful. I'm really hopeful that we won't leave anyone behind, though. I met a young, an older man who said he had to eat at Tiny Home Takeout because he needed to pay for an air conditioner. He's on ODSP. He has COPD, which is a breathing disorder. And uh, and so he had to eat at the food bank in order to pay for the air conditioning. Um, I would like to see us not leave anyone behind, whether that's related to climate or housing. My hope is that we can work really hard to protect tenants, to build the units we need to make sure no one's left in a tent in the winter, and that we can also think about climate adaptation and make sure that people have access to cooling in their homes so that they don't die or get really sick as a result of the climate emergency. My hope too is that our way of heating and cooling our homes, generating energy will be local, that we can have solar panels and geothermal and district energy to make sure that we can generate our energy in a way that doesn't cause harm. All right, Ashlyn Clancy, thanks so much for taking time for Political Debrief today. Nice, yeah, I'm really impressed, Josh. And thank you for having me. And I hope that, uh, you know, you have, a, I know you have a bright future. I don't even have to hope. Yeah, and it was great seeing you again. Keep up the good work. And that's it for the podcast edition of Political Debrief. Thank you so much for listening. I would invite you to check out the YouTube video edition of the conversation down below using the link. And also you can check out my blog post, which is also linked down below, so you can get more information about the election and the candidates. That's all from me for now. Chat soon.